Alrighty, welcome to another episode of Flip the Record. We got Led Zeppelin Part 2 today. What's going on, Joe? Led Zeppelin Part 2. Mistakes were made again this weekend. We're going to let that go. Um, <laughs> no, no, this is good. Um, quick note, I told you before we started today. So I, I ran to my dad, or I was talking to my dad yesterday morning. And after, I don't know, 11, 12 days of prepping for this, I was telling my dad that I was doing a little work for it. And he says to me yesterday morning, oh, you know, I got a book somewhere around here with like a bunch of information about like how they came up with a bunch of these songs and the albums and the history, da 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 da. And I'm like, Dad, I told you last week I was doing Led Zeppelin. You didn't think to tell me you had this. Um, so he's like, Well, I think it's in the office or maybe it's in the basement and like the boxes down there of old stuff. And so I went digging through the office. No luck. Did find a CD collection, six CD collection, and a couple like cassettes and shit. Nice. Um, went into the basement among other things that I found that were not this book included a whole <laughs> box of books by Carl Sagan. Um, I found a couple old Batman comics, a couple dolls from like the 1950s in like pristine condition. Classic. Uh, then there was like a box of full of like, uh, old magazines. And so it was like mo- mostly like sports illustrated and stuff. A couple old swimsuit editions. <laughs> um, there was there was a whole other box with like news clippings from times the the Tigers and the Red Wings like one shit actually. <laughs> that's that's cool. Which is kind of cool, but I, I told you I was a little afraid to dig into that box because I thought the newspapers might just fall to dust as soon as I touched them. Oh yeah, for sure. So that I could see there was a bunch of stuff underneath that that wasn't newspapers, and of course that's probably where this book is. But I just wasn't doing it. But uh yeah it was a fun little trip down memory lane to see what was going on there unfortunately didn't find the book but it was probably too late anyhow yeah that's cool it would have been nice to have uh i got one story before we get into the podcast so thursday uh my wife and i went to see papa roach at caesar's in windsor sick so from our place you know it's about a 40 minute drive so we we left with enough time so that we could go gambling before the concert all right and uh, so we had to wait a little bit, like, you know, going through the tunnel, like to get to the, the, you know, the uh, border stop or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so we get there and I hand uh, the cop our the border person, our licenses. And uh, my wife, she's like, oh, like this one isn't enhanced. And like before we had left, my wife's like, oh, do I need to bring my passport? I was like, no, you got an enhanced license. Right. And she's like, yeah, yeah. So oh, I was like, no, no, just bring the license. So she hands uh, the license back. She's like, yeah, this isn't enhanced. Like, you're going to have to pull over to the, uh, you know, the the immigration spot. And they should let you go in. Like, you just have to go in and, uh, you know. Prove something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we go pull over for that. And they start searching the car. And everyone was really nice. Uh, they start searching the car. They're like, oh, like, you don't have anything in here? I was like, no, like, I don't. And uh, so she goes in the uh, the console Pulls out a little Ziploc baggie that has uh, oh, no. that has a little like a five milligram edible from no. from God knows when like yeah you know who knows how it even got there I'm not even claiming it's mine maybe it was uh you know from leftover from a friend or could something could be anything but, yeah 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 so she's like oh what's this and I was just like uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I started apologizing profusely I was like my bad like I didn't even know that was in there like yeah yeah. And and then she's like, oh, it's like, I just have to write paperwork. It's, you know, yeah, no big deal. Okay, cool. So, and, uh, so we, and we ended up waiting there maybe like 20, 30 minutes or whatever. But it was like, when she pulled out the bag, I was like, oh, are we going to get sent back? <laughs> 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 like, 
Like, are you going to tell us to just go back to the States? <laughs> Better yet, Canadian prison. Right. They would have syruped and feathered you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when we were there, too, they, they were tearing up the car next to ours. There was, like, six agents, like, and they were all, like, rummaging through. I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah, it was it was intense. That kind of makes sense. Like, it's funny, dude, because, uh, like, that border, both the border crossings here in Detroit are big, like, kind of, like, trafficking areas. So it kind of makes sense that, like, they're pretty serious about it. But I always feel like going into Canada is super easy and getting home from Canada is a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, my my experiences have been uh, the, going home, everyone's, like, ruder. Yeah, I don't get it, man. The, the American Border Patrol officers, two Americans, are a pain in the ass to deal with, usually. Yeah, dude, the one time I, I probably told you the story before, but when I went, I had to go get my credit card after, uh, you know, one of the like boys trips, we all went to the casino. So I told them, I was like, oh, I'm only going to be here for 20 minutes. I literally have to go get my credit card from the hotel on the way back. They're like, oh, that was a quick trip. What were you here for? And I was like, I just had to get my credit card. And, uh, and they're like, yeah, we're going to need you to pull over. And then like when I, they must, I don't know what was going on, but like the guy who started searching my car was an absolute dick. Like he was like, I, I, I was like, oh, like. I I don't I said something he's like he said he said something along the lines of like oh like like not shut up but like something like shut up like very rude I was like dude like I don't know what you guys think uh, is going on here but it ain't that there's nothing in the car yeah so I uh when I was 20 I was coming across Ambassador Bridge back into Detroit one time with a friend and I had I don't even know why I did this it wasn't mine but I had my friend's half bottle of absolute vodka <laughs> stuffed deep into a like a a backpack underneath a bunch of clothes and shit, also like wrapped up in a sweatshirt. And we got pulled over for like a search of all fucking dimes. And I was like, God damn it, we're <laughs> fucked, we're fucked, we're fucked. How old are you? 20. Oh, okay. Bad news. And uh, I watched them search the car, reach into the bag, feel around, not find anything, and continue. The closest call I've ever had <laughs> was getting ultra fucked by the law. <laughs> that would have been a tough one. Open container. Now, given it was in the truck bed, so I don't think it would have gotten open container, but still underage, like, possession, which would have been probably pretty bad considering I was at Border Patrol. Yeah. Um, plus, whatever. I'm sure there would have been some other shit. But, yeah, man, tough days in my house. Definitely <laughs> sweating bullets sitting in the office there as they're processing paperwork and shit. But, oh, man, I miss going to Canada. I got to go back soon. Yeah, it was it was fun other than – I mean, and, and uh, Papa Roach puts on an amazing show live. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll bet, they, dude. They covered um, – Firestarter from the Prodigy. Not familiar. Okay. It's it was a fine song, but it was like they have so many hits. Like they've been making music for like twenty years. Like dude, like just, there there was like seven songs that I could name where I was like, oh, they should have played that. And instead of covering, oh, they played a lot of covers. Well, no, they only did that one. Oh, gotcha. But, but I was I was just like, oh, like I I would have rather heard you know one of the hits that they left out. But it's all good. Yeah, I feel you. It's it's tough when you have that much music to like put together a set list that makes everybody happy. You know. Yeah, but yeah, J- uh, Jacoby Shaddix, his his voice is amazing live. Like one of the one of the best live performers I've ever seen. I've seen him twice now, and uh, it was cool. And he they were playing to be loved, and like he started walking down. Like uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Coliseum, but he started walking on like the one side, and like the the light person like was you know following him. And then I, I don't think he was supposed to do it, but he started going into the crowd because like they stopped like following him with the light. Yo, and he uh, he performed like the majority of the song in the crowd, which was sick. And then, like, he was taking selfies with people, like, you know, as he's performing. And then after, like, you, you, it's just one of those guys where you're like, oh, like, this is like, this fuels him. Like, this is like, he, he loves doing this as much rocks. as. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. That's always a good bit of crowd work at the show. Just getting into the crowd with them, no matter how, like, how shallow or deep you get in there with them. 
Like I remember I saw Fallout Boy at TT. If uh, God, this must have been six, seven years ago, and they played a few songs, like a like a mini set from the area between the seats and the hill. They set up a little stage. <laughs> oh, really? There. They probably did like three or four songs there. Turned all the lights down until they came out there. It was pretty fucking cool. That's cool. Whenever whenever uh, a performer does that, the security's got to be like, oh, oh no, <laughs> yeah, security maxed out to the fucking gills. Yeah, just waiting for because you know everyone's drinking. And, yeah, yeah, easily, easily could be trouble. But no, it was a pretty cool set. But uh. Yeah. Anyways. Nice. Uh, turn this light on. We get into Zeppelin. Okay. Right. Part two, Led Zeppelin. So this brings us to what? Like 1973, I think? Yep. House of the Holy, 1973. Houses of the Holy, 1973. They've just come off Zeppelin 4. They're in the middle of what I'll say is their three-album stretch. I think there's a... De- you could make an argument for another three-album stretch, but I think their three-album stretch of greatest hits... Is Zeppelin Four Houses of the Holy uh, Physical Graffiti? Yeah, I don't like this album as much, but I could I could see you making that argument. I think it's it's carried by the other two albums uh, that that stretch, and the argument I could hear other people making is if you want to say Zeppelin Two through Four, I yeah, I could see the like formation of an argument. I disagree wholeheartedly, but I could see an argument for it. Yeah, I like I like three a lot. I like two a lot. Uh, I I like both those more than than this album. But yeah, and I guess that's the thing is like, which do you prefer, Zeppelin three or this album? And then that's kind of where the argument gets started, you know? Right. Um. But anyways, Houses of the Holy, different bit of a different sound here. Not so much the like hard rock kind of bluesy stuff we're accustomed to. You still get some of that for sure, but it's definitely mixed in with uh like a softer side of things, maybe a little bit of a like poppier side of things. Um, just different sounds here. It's a, it's an interesting digression from the previous stuff. Yeah, definitely. And it kicks off with the song remains the same. Uh, this one is just all right for me. Yeah. I kind of thought the same thing. It's got this like high tempo plucky guitar through it. Um, high tuned drums match this guitar and the singing here. So masterfully. Um, plant kind of in this like mid-high range doesn't deviate too much fine track it's not like a knock your socks off kind of opener but it's good yeah there's a, a sick guitar solo on here but other, other than that yeah all right the next song the rain song i think has the most perfectly apt description for what this song sounds like <laughs> this is like the exactly the kind of music you turn on on like a a slow rainy sunday you're just kind of like kicking around, maybe making some breakfast, chilling out. The rain song caps encapsulates that vibe perfectly. This is a dope song. It's just like slow, kind of acoustic song. It's got these like calm, soothing vibes, some piano, some keyboard. Um, it it's really just this like super easy going track. Towards the end of the song, it kind of crescendos up into a. We'll sell it, say it's a little bit more energy, not like high energy, but higher energy. Um. To this point, I don't think Zeppelin had a track like this. Yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. So this was written after George Harrison, who's a huge Zeppelin fan. He told John Bottom that the trouble with Led Zeppelin is that they don't do any ballads. I was so, thinking that, too. Yeah, so Bonham's uh, brought that to the rest rest of the band, and, and then they worked with him on, on getting this one together, sure. which is pretty cool. Sure. This is this is one of the few Zeppelin songs where all four members have like a composer credit. Yeah, George Harrison of the Beatles hitting Zeppelin off. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, good track. Um, definitely a different vibe, but check this one out for through the album for sure. Yeah, on uh, the drums on this one, John Bonham took brushes to the drums. 
I've seen different guys do that, and I've seen Bonham do it. It's a pretty cool little like effect to add to to a drum kit. Yeah, uh, I got a note from myself here to pull up uh, one of the lyric sites I I check on to read one of the comments. I think it made me laugh. All right, um, take a bit. The, oh, here it is. This song makes me wish I lived in the seventies. Growing up in a time with such crap as Lincoln Park really depresses <laughs> me when I hear a song like the Rain song. <laughs> I was like, what a ricochet shot on Linkin Park. Yeah, yeah. of all the bands to pick out of the clouds for that shot, you picked Linkin Park, you fucking loser. I know, you couldn't pick anyone else. Loser. Yeah, that, I got a good laugh out that, of that. I like that, that's funny. <laughs> oh, brother. But yeah, check it out, The Rain Song. Some of uh, Plant's best vocals, in my opinion, too. Yeah, he did some really good work here. And like I said, it's still in that lower energy range, but it's still pretty good, for sure. Yeah. Next up, Over the Hills and Far Away, one of the hits off this album. Now, one thing I noticed when I was kind of um, reading through a bunch of different stuff, until, like, I think it's, like, the 90s, Zeppelin never puts out a single. There are no singles. They just hit the album, you know? I thought they had a couple. I'm pretty sure there's no singles until, like, the 90s. But I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought I read that they, uh, I don't know, it was, like, there was very few and far between, but I, I thought I, they put out, like, a you know, a handful. They might have, but I'm 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 pretty sure I was reading that right. And if I find it when I, I go through my notes here, um, I'll bring it up again. But yeah, yeah, over the hills and far away. One of the hits off this album: up tempo acoustic chords mixed in with these like quick picky licks from uh, Page. We'll say, um, kind of a little keyboard, little piano mix. Or sorry, wrong track here. Um, it's a soft open, and throughout the song. Like, after a minute or so, Plant just kind of crashes into this. Like, he's just kind of talking into the mic, hey, lady. Um, and then, like, the guitar and the vocals and the drums all hit at the same time about a minute in and crash this song with electric guitar, energy, high vocals. Really, really cool track. Yeah, this is uh, definitely a standout from the album. This, this evolved out of a Yardbird song um, called White Summer. So they kind of took parts of some of the riffs and and uh chords and just kind of transferred it over for this the song is uh some of the li- I, I really like the lyrics on this one too um let me see i think i put a couple in here M- many have i loved and many times been bitten many times i've gazed along the open road many times i've lied and many times i've listened many times i've wondered how much there is to know many dreams come true and some have silver linings i live for my dream in a pocket full of gold yeah, and I think in the early part of the song, he says that in the low voice, like low easy voice. And then in the later part of the song, he's pretty much on that like high tune or high pitch, like yell sound into the mic, which is really fucking cool. Yeah, in that line, like a lot of people think of, you know, silver lining uh, as a good thing that comes from a bad experience. But in this plant's kind of like flipping it upside down, saying like some of the things that, you know, he wants and, and gets turn out to be like not everything that right. was, you know, that he thought it was not be. all the glitters is gold. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Cool track. Check this one out. Next up, the Crunge. C <laughs> Crunge. The this the name of this song sounds like it'd be like a a bad dance move, or <laughs> or like uh it'd be like a dance move that like Michael Scott would like make up like you know it's the Crunge. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, and it kind of does like you make the joke about the dance move, but it's got a little bit of a dance vibe to it. It's got like this disco guitar through it, good mid high tempo like horns mixed in throughout um it's like this kind of lover song a little bit cool track here 
I, I'm not a fan of this one. Um, yeah, but this one, uh, I guess this evolved out of a, a jam session. Uh, let's see. In in uh, plant like improvised the vocals like in the jam session, so I, it's not uh or the lyrics. It's, and the lyrics aren't nothing crazy on this, but it's kind of cool that he just like came up with it on the fly. The crunch freestyle. <laughs> it sounds doesn't it sound like it could be like a rap song too? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. Um. All right. The next song, Dancing Days, maybe doesn't get the love it deserves, but this stands out to me. This is just a like, it's this cool mid tempo track. Page just pretty much hits the same lick throughout. And uh, it, it's just this classic sound. A uh, little bit more rocky than the rest of the album, I'll say. Uh, mid-level vocal, kind of guitar tuned in to this like whiny sound a little bit through the verses. Um, just a really solid track. for me. Yeah, not so much on this song, but I did notice listening through that there's some songs where like you can hear like the uh, the static coming from the amp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right at the top, you hear it a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. which is cool. Like you know, you know that some serious shredding's about to go down. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I mentioned it before too, but Stone Temple Pilots has a really cool cover of this song too. And uh, okay, yeah, they play it pretty straight. It sounds fairly similar to the original, so it's pretty good. Right on. Uh, after that, another hit off this album. Uh, every time they put an apostrophe in these fucking songs, Deer Maker. Yeah, I I don't know the, so I don't know what the pronunciation is. I think it's Deer Deer like did your Deer Maker. I don't. Know. I think it's like a play on like did did you maker almost. Yeah, kind of a little play on words here. Cool, because they I I was reading online like that was part of a a a joke like. It's supposed to play on like did you make her? Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah. Jamaica. Yeah. It almost sounds like one word. Jamaica. Jamaica. <laughs> uh it's like mid mid tempo, kind of bittersweet sweet kind of feeling song. It's got this plucky high tune guitar, um, solid so, like loud drums. Um there's really not a lot to it. It's fairly simple, but the composition on this song is really, really fucking cool. Um and plants voice uh, uh, like kind of accompanied with the fact that this is a love song, is a really nice touch. He's got this, like, sweet, sweet, like, smooth sound to his vocals here. Yeah, again, this one, not one of my favorites, but it, uh, yeah. But uh, it's it's funny, even uh, the band members, like, John Paul Jones said that this song was poorly developed. Uh, John Bonham hated this song, but Plant really liked it. And, it, like, what I, I guess one of my notes, too, is he insisted on releasing it as a single, like, at uh, some point. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, we've talked about it a little bit last week, but I think uh, Paige and Plant really pulled the string. Like, when shit, when push came to shove, they got their way, you know? For sure, yeah. And I think, you know, it was one thing I was reading, too, is, like, after the, the breakup later on, uh, you know, John Paul Jones kind of resented them for something like that, where he's like, he made a, he made a point in his Hall, uh, Hall of Fame introduction um, when they got inducted by the Aerosmith. He made a point in the in the conversation of his induction where he was like, "Hey, I'm just really glad, like glad, happy to be here. I'm glad you guys finally remember my phone number." <laughs> to Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, yeah, just a, little, a subtle little dig, but kind of gets at the point what I'm trying to get at, you know? Right. Um. But yeah, Dire Maker, another hit off Jamaica. Um, another hit off this album. A couple more songs here. No quarter up next. This is more like Zeppelin 3-ish. Kind of like trippy, weird kind of shit here. They got some piano on this one. Yeah. So it opens up with this like 
I think it's keyboard, but like super synth up the ass. Um, really like weird, drawn out notes. Um, real slow in the beginning, but it picks up to this like mid low tempo. Um, the vocals never get above like a, a low gravel a little bit. Um, there's a nice solo in the middle of this song that really like picks up it picks up the energy a little bit. Um, and then it kind of goes back down in the mid low range towards the end. This sounded like a song, and we'll talk about it when we get there, but think of this song when we get to Gret- Greta Van Fleet. Okay. It just sounds like something they would have drawn inspiration from. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to note that. Yeah, this uh, the guitar, I had, like, five minutes into this song, kicks ass. Like, toward- yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a longer song for sure. I think it's like seven and a half minutes or something, but there's a lot of cool, cool bits in this song. Um, certainly not one of their hits, but good track nonetheless. Yeah, now one of the some of the lines I like walking side by side with death. The devil mocks their every step. Ooh, the snow drives back the foot that's slow. The dogs of doom are hollowing more. Another uh, mythological adventure song. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a maybe referencing like a some kind of like battle or something. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I just think they're digging into their books, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next song is is really cool too. The ocean. Yeah, I love this song, too. Yeah, this one closes out the album. It's got this, like, loud, clean guitar in the open. Really, like, brings you right into it. Um, mid-tune, mid-tempo. Plant doing his thing on vocals again with that yelling thing. Um, High-range, classic Zeppelin here. Yeah, this is another one where all four of the members got a composer credit, which is cool. Uh, the song was written for Plant's daughter, who's, I think, at three at the time. Or definitely, like, young. Yeah, pretty young. And then, uh, did you notice in the intro of the song, you can hear John Bonham going, we've done four already, but now we're steady. And then we, and then they went one, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, he cut so, a little bit at the top. Yeah, they had tried recording this four times previously, but couldn't get it right. So he like he, yeah, he yeah. did that to get them going. That's and cool. that was the one they ended up using, which was cool. Sick. And uh, yeah, the ocean too, like it's also, I think the p- part of it is a metaphor for like the the fans at their concerts. Nice, yeah, yeah, like that I, makes sense. I I can't remember which one of them was was saying that, but one of them was saying that's that. That's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. All right, and that wraps up Houses of the Holy. Uh, we got the cover right here for those of you watching on YouTube, TikTok. Um, cool album, not their best work, but cool album nonetheless. Yeah, definitely some some really good songs to keep, for sure. And that brings us to I think 1975, and their their rock. Uh, this is. One of the best albums in rock of all time. Physical Graffiti. You know what's crazy about this? So it's a double album, and they have a ton of songs that they had recorded and written for previous albums that they threw on here, and they're all, like, really good. Like, usually when, you, you know, when you're pulling songs from, like, that were previously unreleased, they're not as good. Yeah, that's that's crazy thing. And I think I've heard Lil Wayne talk about this, where it's like Lil Wayne has – he's claimed to have thousands of songs in the vault that he's just never used. And surely there's some bangers in there, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Same thing here. We're like, you got all these these masterclass artists on, like, how many could they fuck up, really? So, yeah, to pull a lot of these tracks from old stuff and still, and you'll notice it on Coda, too. When they go back to Coda, there's a lot of songs on Coda where it's like, wow, these didn't make albums? Holy shit. Yeah. I think some of them, like, sound-wise, they didn't want to put them on other albums, which makes, that makes a little bit more sense. That sure. it still be a really kick-ass song. Sure. But others, it's, I don't know, it's, again, it's just. It's so rare that you get not only one, it's a double album, so it's long it's their longest album. And then fifteen tracks. Yeah. And then uh like I said, just a lot of leftovers that are really, really good. Yeah, a lot of good stuff here. So let's kick it off. Custard pie to open. Kind of like mid tempo, almost like funky song. 
Um, but it's definitely bluesier. Uh, it's got these like solid chords through it. Harmonica, like mid late in the song, is pretty fucking cool. And I'm kind of a sucker for when they pull out the harmonica. I don't know. It just always adds something for me. <laughs> um, it plants in his high range here. Not so much yelling as it is just in his high range. This is a fun track to get going. Yeah, this one of my least favorite on this album, but I, I do really like this album as a whole. Uh, Custard Pie, definitely like a, a sexual reference. Oh, million yeah. percent. Million percent. Yeah. Um, next track, The Rover. Very, very thick bluesy here. Very bluesy. Um, heavy chords, plant in harmony with the drums, with the chords. Uh, little bit poppy, kind of like sad though. Um, like this is a longer song, so there's a lot going on here. But yeah, uh, nice deep cut off this album for sure. Yeah, I love the. There's a epic guitar lick and oh this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Page kills it on this track. Yeah, so this was one that they had recorded for the House Is the Holy that they you know didn't end up putting on the album. Uh, which is again, it's a, this is a really cool song. So Rover is British slang for like a wanderer, which makes sense with given like some of the lyrics of the song. Um, yeah, traverse the planet when heaven sent me. I saw the kings who ruled them all. Still by the firelight and purple moonlight, I hear the rusted rivers call. Cool song. Yeah, a little bit sad feel to it, like throughout. Yeah, yeah. You talk about like just kind of a wanderer. It's got that sad tone to it. So yeah, they've got a. I feel like all the songs they do that are like that are, are really good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in their bag, for sure. In My Time of Dying, the next song, this is another one of my, you know, standouts for this album. It stands out for a few reasons. Um, for, for the musical reasons, really cool track. Again, blue, similar to the last song. Bluesy, little slow. Uh, got these, like, clean, long notes in there. Good energy from Plant, kind of in this mid-level uh powerful drums here and there like it really pops in spots where he just he like gets his moment to like come off the page a little bit yeah this also stands out because i believe this is led zeppelin's longest recorded track yeah this so this runs at 11 minutes and six seconds so not including any of their live stuff this is this is their longest track there was a couple points in the song where i listened to it the first time where i was like holy shit this isn't over yet <laughs> i had i had a couple a couple like that uh, so the ending for this song, they didn't, wasn't written originally when they started recording it. So they ended up improvising it like when they were recording. And at the end of the song, you can hear John Bonham say, that's gotta be the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool little tag on the end. Yeah. Although I know you don't really like it when they fuck around in the studio. Like no, no. I, I think that's cool. Yeah. I gotcha. 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 Yeah. 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 But, uh, uh, this, so this was, you know, that documentary Alex was talking about when we had him on for the white stripes. Yeah. Um, it might get loud. Yeah. So Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White played the the main riff from this song together in, in that documentary. Which Yo, is pretty cool. that's pretty fire. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff here for sure. Yeah, 100%. So then another track that should have been on Houses of the Holy. Now, I'll say this about the rover. The rover makes sense that it didn't end up on Houses of the Holy. It didn't, it didn't fit sonically. Right. The sound was too different. Houses of the Holy is the fourth track on Physical Graffiti and was first supposed to be the opening track on houses of the holy yeah that that's pretty wild that they you know the the name of the album they, they're like ah oh, we'll just we'll save that for for another album insane insane uh but this is a really cool track nonetheless and i think it would have fit perfectly on houses of the holy it's got this like odd mix between the like the keyboard and the guitar opening um kind of in this like echoey high tune i don't know how to put it um high tune chords throughout here 
mid-high tempo, plant up and down in his energy level, his vocal level. Um, a lot of cool, like, quick licks from Paige on this track. Great, great song on this album. Yeah, this this is uh, definitely another sexual innuendo song. He's got uh, several different, like, Can I Take You to the Show? Let Me Be Yours Ever Truly. Can I Make Your Garden Grow? From the House of the Holy, we can watch the white doves go from the door come Satan's daughter, and it only goes to show, you know. Yeah, for sure. And funny you bring that up now. I should have brought it up when we were talking about it. But the the album cover for House of the Holy has it depicts a bunch of naked children like climbing up these these rocks, this kind of cliff in Ireland. Um, they got some backlash for that, big time backlash for that. Yeah, it's a it's a weird cover. It's a bit offsetting for sure. Like, yeah, not super comfortable to look at. It's, looks like uh, I don't like something maybe you'd see in like a movie or I don't know. It almost looks alien because the children yeah, are like yeah, yeah. the children are like purple on the cover yeah um just the way they like photographed it whatever filter they have on there and like the sky is like a, a shade of red you wouldn't normally see and like it just looks alien but it's kind of cool i don't know i like the physical graffiti cover is sweet physical graffiti is a sick cover there's really not much to it um but it it just i, I don't know how to quite put it it feels like it just wraps up the album very well yeah and say so, uh because you have the have it here tell tell everyone what you were telling me about the the slides so yeah so in physical graffiti they got these cutouts uh for different windows in this building that they're depicting um and a lot of the windows have a letter from physical from the words physical graffiti in each window um and so on the original album cover one of the versions of the album you could get it where you could slide the window sills up and down so you could see like what was inside the windows so behind the letters you could see like what was going on in the windows that's so cool. And so there'd just be like random people in the windows and shit, but just like little cool things that you could do when you're buying this vinyl in 75. Well, it's just cool. Like you you don't really get to see, you know, any type of creativity outside of like the the print. Like usually it doesn't have like moving pieces. So yeah, it's there's cool nothing to, to it. So yeah. The interactive bit of it is fun for sure. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a nice little, you know, Hallmark card. <laughs> Seven ninety-nine. Except this is forty-nine ninety-nine. <laughs> Is it really? I don't know. It's just yeah, yeah, albums yeah. are fucking expensive, dude. Yeah. But uh yeah, anyways, House of the Holy the track. Great track off this album. Yeah. Next song is uh, another another groovy song, Trampled Underfoot. I fucking love this song. It's so much fun. Like every time this is you've said it on a few different tracks, like every time you hear this, you're not skipping it. I never skip this song. Fucking love it. <laughs> The opening, the keyboard in the opening, it's got like an organ feel to it. Dun, 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 dun. It's, so it's this like up-tempo, kind of like funky, almost jazzy vibe to it. Um, but it's definitely from an old-school blues song. Um, yeah, it's from a 1936 Terraplane Blues, Robert Johnson. Right. Um, the guitar and the keyboard kind of like match up a little, like maybe 30, 40 seconds into the song. And uh, then as the, like the keyboard is the main beat for this whole song and that dun, 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 it just goes for the whole song basically um but page kind of kicks in a lick here or kicks in a lick there and it just adds such a good depth to this song uh plant in his like high range yell range for almost the whole song there is a wild <laughs> keyboard solo like 3 or 4 minutes into this song john paul jones is a wizard for that yeah the electric this would have been a sweet one to see them do live. Oh, oh, one of my favorites to see them do live, man. The crowd would be humming this song, like, just on fire. Yeah, the, and this this was another one that evolved out of, like, just a jam session. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like it it started like somewhere that wasn't quite on it. And then they like John Paul just kind of hit it and they were like, oh, shit, that's it. Yeah. 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 And it, so the lyrics for the song, it's kind of uh, it uses like car metaphors for for sexual innuendos mm-hmm. like. Uh, pump your gas, rev all night. Uh, trouble free transmission helps your oils flow mama let me pump your gas mama let me do it all so kind of goofy but yeah yeah. cool stuff for sure great track can't skip yeah so the next song cashmere am i saying that right cashmere 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 i think it's cashmere okay um this is actually referenced to a city somewhere in the middle east but i mean obviously like cashmere clothing right 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 cashmere fabric things like that um an epic like you hear people talk about like epic poems like the iliad and the odyssey this is an epic in like a musical sense an eight minute track that just pulls you in so many directions it i'm not sure if it was recorded with a full orchestra but it sounds like they have a full orchestra playing behind them in this song from horns strings everything um and i've seen them play this live with a full orchestra which is fucking oh really that's cool um well yeah a lot of cool things going on here it kind of it starts off in this slow like string section slower string section um and plant just bit by bit raises his energy a little bit on the mic and uh, until you get to this like crashing section that would be the chorus but it's a, a musical section the horns are going nuts um the strings are right on tune with the horns. Like the, it sounds like the whole orchestra is in tune for this one moment, mm-hmm. and then it drops down to that low level again. Um, and then brings you up, brings you down, brings yeah, you up. Yeah, that that part is uh, that's epic. Like it's chill. Is that? I feel like I've heard that in so many other. I mean, yeah, like, it, it's a pretty simple bit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like the again with the strings and everything behind it, it it, it sounds so full. And especially after coming off that high with the horns and everything, coming right down into that gives you this like sense of Im- impending doom almost. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to describe it. And then right back up to the mountaintop. It's yeah, so fucking cool. So, a couple of fun facts about this one: all four band members agreed this is one of their best musical achievements. Robert Plant said it was one of his favorites. Uh, positive lyrically, Paige said this was the greatest Zeppelin riff riff of all time. No, For- yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I do have a f- another fun fact on this. So this this is one of the few Zeppelin songs to use outside musicians. So there were some session players brought in for the string and horn sections. Yeah, there had to have been, right? There's yeah. Just, you can't do that many sounds at once, you know? So lyrically, the lyrics kind of talk about time travel, celestial bodies. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah, it feels like another one of these adventure songs. You know, it's it doesn't really have a, a super defined direction to it. Yeah, but it, I don't know if the lyrics are necessarily what make this song great. You know, like they're cool. Not the part I stay for. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's just it's such a masterclass composition here. Yeah. So I absolutely, absolutely. If you if you listen to no other songs on this album, check out Cashmere. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's be, this and this is a longer one, too. But I, like out of all their hits, like I don't like this one as much as some of their other hits. I'm not saying it's my favorite song either, but it's just such a different kind of sound and so like it's so like emotionally gripping throughout. Like you feel you feel yourself being pulled up and down by the music. Right. Uh and it's such a, a wild composition. 
that it just you just have to listen to it. Whether or not you love this song, you just have to listen to it. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, Cashmere. Tough to come off that one, but in the light doesn't I don't know. It just feels like a kind of generic Zeppelin song to me. It doesn't quite hit the mark. Um it's got this like strange synthy keyboard throughout. Um vocals are like echoey and quiet a little bit. Builds in this like mid slow section uh, where it just sounds like a again, generic Zeppelin song. It's fine. I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah, so John Paul Jones composed most of this on a synthesizer. Uh so they didn't really play this one live because he couldn't kind of right. replicate that sound. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, the song itself is um you know, talking about how down you can feel when things are tough. Yeah, you know, you you feel like you're going to get crushed in life, but you know, the light will help you get through. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. another uh definitely a, a positive song. Yeah, no, for sure. The the vibe definitely starts off a little down, but it picks up by the end. Yeah. They so, fucking did it again. <laughs> you or me first. Oh, this we we did this last week. No, uh, it's a different song. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, the last one was the stomp. Bronier Bronier R. Bronier R. Bronier. So, anyways, so on Zeppelin three, <laughs> they have a track. It's the the Bronier R stomp. This is just Bronier R. So again, this is the place they went to go write a bunch of the music for Zeppelin three. Um, Maybe it was recorded around the Zeppelin three time. That would make sense. Um, but anyways, not much to the song. It's just like a quick kind of folky acoustic track. Um, it's only like two, two and a half minutes long, all instrumental. Uh, fun little bit, but not like stand out for me. Yeah, my, my only note was good instrumental. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. The next song, Down by the Seaside, this was actually recorded for Zeppelin four, but they thought it wasn't good enough at the time. But to fill the double album, they they brought it back. No, I like this track too. It's got this like kind of upbeat, mid high tempo song. Uh, drums, the drums really keep this song going. I just felt like they like they wrapped everything together nicely. Like they were so prominent throughout the song, and it kept everybody else in time pretty well. Um, other than that, like kind of clean, poppy guitar sound, just easy listening here. I I like this song. It's funny this one too. It was Plant's idea to include this on the album, and he said everyone laughed at him when he suggested it, and uh, John Paul Jones in particular hated this song. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though, like, you know, just so they have a couple like that where, like, some of the band members are like, no, like, we're not, we don't, we're not going to put that on the album. It is interesting to me, because, like, it strikes me that uh, John Paul Jones maybe likes more, like, the hard rock or, for like, sure, old school sure. heavy metal, like, what was considered to be heavy metal back in the day, and Zeppelin doesn't do a lot of that, but, like, that's his thing. And Plant is definitely more in the, like, eclectic-sounding songs. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, this uh, this song was reflective of their times in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else on this. But, yeah, good, like, a good come-down. Like, Bronnie R and Down by the Seaside are a good come-down from Kashmir if they had just skipped in the light. Yeah, like it would it would just been like an easy way to let you down back into the rest of the album, you know? Yeah, still so just good solid tracks. Good solid tracks, super easy listen. Yeah, the next song is another long one. Uh, Ten years gone. Yeah, big big focus on guitar here. It's got this like strummy light feel, but he gets it's like tuned up a little bit. Um, really gets his like light in the sun or moment in the sun here a little bit. A little fuzzy, but it's still good. 
um, mid tune, mid tempo, and playing on playing on the mic here is pretty good too. Like he does a good job matching the level of the song, like not getting out of it. Yeah. So on this one too, uh, Plan actually said about this song. He uh, before joining Zeppelin, he was with this girl and you know, when he was trying to make it in music and she basically gave him like an ultimatum, like it's either me or the music. So he's like, all right, like, see you later. Ah, bitch. <laughs> so the song is kind of like a, uh, uh, he's, he's kind of like recalling that, you know, like 10 years gone by, like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a little reflection on that. Uh, do you want to guess how many guitar tracks Jimmy Page overdubbed to get the harmony on this song? <laughs> the harmony section? I'm going to say, uh, Four. Fourteen. Fourteen? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's wild. Good for him, though, man. Wow. Yeah. Just, the, I mean, that's just unreal dedication. I I love it. Wild. That's sick, though. Good work. Good track there, for sure. Make sure to check that one out. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. Uh, The next one is Night Flight. Yeah. I, I couldn't quite, like, figure out how to put my finger on this one. It's, like kind of ballady kind of like old school southern blues kind of poppy um a lot of things going on here it doesn't quite fit one genre there's even a little like like they get like this choral singing through the chorus that like kind of even sounds a little gospely a little bit <laughs> um there's a lot here but different kind of track um there's some organ keyboard throughout like with the guitar with everything else that sounds good um not one of my favorite tracks on the album but it's not bad track by any means no, I'm kind of with you there. This was another one that they recorded in 1971. It wasn't, uh, it was intended for Zeppelin IV, but they ended up putting it on this album. And the, and the song itself is about a man dodging the, the draft. Yeah, that, and that's what it sounds like. That's what I got from it, too. Um, cool track there, for sure. Yeah. Next up is the Wonton song. So I think it's actually Wanton, as in oh. like a Wanton lover. Oh, you're right. That's an A, not an O. Yeah. Um, but I definitely yeah. said the same thing a couple times before I realized it as oh, well. I feel like such an idiot now. <laughs> I, said, I definitely said that a couple times to myself. I'm like, oh, the wonton song. <laughs> and I wouldn't put it past them. They got some other goofy <laughs> song titles on here too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the wonton song. Uh, up-tempo, buzzy guitar chords throughout. Just a good, solid hard rock song. Echoey vocals, good energy, fun track. Yeah, so... Uh, Back in the 80s, Plant was doing an interview, and, and someone asked him what his favorite Zeppelin track was, and this one came up as, like, one of his all-time favorites. That doesn't even surprise me a little bit. Like, I was kind of surprised. I, I Maybe a little surprised, I guess, but it just, he's a goofball. This is a, a touch of, like, a goofy song title. Um, and, I like, if you look at some of the later, like, deluxe versions, this track just keeps popping up in these deluxe versions for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, like, there's, like, edits, uh, mixes, all sorts of different stuff for this <laughs> Plant just can't get enough of it? Can't get enough of it, dude. He loves it. And it's a good track, but it ain't that good. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good track. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, next one is Boogie with Stu. Definitely a bluesier. Yeah, this is, like, I kind of got, like, old school, like, um... God, what the hell is his name? But like fifties rock vibes from this. Oh, really? Yeah, like Buddy okay. Holly type deal. Okay. Uh, there's like a really prominent piano in this track, along with like the kind of like old school rollicking guitar, guitar a little bit. Um, it almost sounds like swing music if you know what that is a little bit. Um, it's got this like upbeat, up tempo feel. Good level from Plant. Just a fun song. 
Yeah. So fun story about this one. So Stu is Ian Stewart, who was the road manager and piano player for the Rolling Stones. Okay, that makes sense. And this uh, song was recorded. They were using the Rolling Stones mobile recording unit. So Stu stopped in, and there was an old piano that was, uh, you know, slightly out of tune. So he he started hopping on that. Um, and then they just kind of started jamming together, and he came up with this. And what's funny is I, I, I made a note for a song later that it sounds like Zeppelin's doing their best work at covering a, a Stone song. It's not actually <laughs> a cover, but it sounds like a cover of a Stone song. Um, and this, like, the, the Stones get a lot of their influence from this type of music, this, like, 50s rock, you know? Yeah, and this was another one that Plant improvised the lyrics on the spot. <laughs> ah, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, just the uh, the musical talent, like, you have to have to, to improvise, like, just out of nowhere just like oh i'm gonna come up with lyrics like as we're playing that's, that's kind of crazy to me i never understood how like freestyle rappers could do it man it just it baffles me right well like you know like he you know he's probably sitting there he probably has like a book full you know filled with you know a million lines and stuff and maybe maybe he he's pulling from that or maybe he truly is just kind of letting the music like guide to, him yeah yeah and i get that there there is a certain like algorithmic way of doing it you know but it still shocks me every time it happens it's just one of the, that's one of those like talents where I'm like, damn, like it'd be cool to have that talent. Oh, absolutely. As a musician, if you could do that, you can fucking win over any crowd. Dude. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, another fun fact on this. Uh, Jimmy Page played mandolin on this. Really? Yeah. OK, that's fun. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all I have on that one. It's crazy how many en- or different instruments these guys can all play. Oh, for sure. So like John Jones or John Paul Jones plays bass and he also plays keyboard. Um, I don't think Bonham ever gets off the drums, but like you'll see it in a song later. He can do all sorts of different shit on the drums. Yeah. Um, Plant plays harmonica and I'm sure he can play some of the other stuff. And then Paige, fucking wizard, anything with strings, man. Yeah. Oh, real quick, too. At, at the uh, Papa Roach concert, they had the one guy who was playing guitar and then he had a keyboard set up to his to his one side and on the other side he had like two big drums that really wild yeah dude like he would he'd be playing the guitar there was one song i don't remember what song but he, he was playing the guitar and then he stopped and he did like a little piano part in the middle i was like dude <laughs> making this guy play three freaking instruments for the concert Did they run out of studio musicians to come help him out i fuck? have no idea i mean they just they're, they have so few piano that they're probably like i'm sure that was just a bit oh, like hey you know what the crowd's really gonna like if i could play three at one time <laughs> right um yeah but back to uh zeppelin the next song is black country woman one of the probably one of my least favorite songs off this album yeah a little different well not different necessarily i mean this is just old school southern blues here um it starts off a little chat they're having in the studio and then kicks into the song i don't know why they left it it's not really much but they do have a little chat in the studio there um it's like simple mid-tempo beat to it plant doing a lot of the heavy lifting on vocals here because the music isn't super crazy yeah Um, again he's got the harmonica in this i like that too it's just a fun song but yeah it's not crazy by any means yeah this is another one for houses of the holy that yeah got left out that makes sense and again it makes sense why they didn't put it there given how blues it is uh they recorded this one in Mick jagger's garden back in, in 1972 i didn't realize they were such great friends that's pretty fucking cool yeah. But obviously, I mean, yeah. they must have been touring or doing shows with those guys. So that's oh, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Imagine that. Man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we finish off the album with Sick Again. Um, and this is just, 
it's actually an outlier a little bit to me on this album because it's just a solid hard rock song. It's not super bluesy or anything. It's just a solid hard rock song. Um, guitars are turned down, thick chords, mid-level vocals, drums are really kicking it. It's a good way to close the album. Just doesn't feel like it fits necessarily. I don't. I don't like this song. This 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 one is uh. It's about groupies. I don't think this song aged well. Let me. Some of the lyrics: lips like cherries in the brow of a queen. Come on, flash it in my eyes. Said you dug me since you were thirteen. Then you giggle as you heave and sigh. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Well, can't win them all. Am I right? <laughs> all right. Anyways. Um. But yeah, still musically, I think this song. Is, it's, yeah, musically, it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't really fit, but I do like it. So yeah. That wraps up physical graffiti. Um, must must listen. Check this one out. The next 100%. album is so strange. I don't know how to feel about this album. It's presence. Um, the album cover's weird. I don't get the album cover at all. Which one is? It? This is the one with like the old so, people just not like sitting or standing in a room. Oh right, right, right. Um, it's not, it looks like it's like in a picture frame on the album cover. It's a strange album cover, and it's a tough one too. So. Shortly before this album started recording, uh, Robert Plant and his wife were in Greece on vacation, and they get into a really, really serious car accident. Um, Plant, like, broke his ankle pretty bad um, Mm -hmm. and some other, like, minor injuries, but his wife got real fucked up. Uh, She had to go to the hospital, and, like, the only reason her life was saved is because they had some, like, they had to do blood transfusions and shit. Oh, wow. Like, she was was real fucked up. But uh, anyways, so Plant gets back to, I think it was Jersey. And he can't like walk. <laughs> he can't walk. But they got him. They're they're getting ready to record this album. So him and Paige and the guy, the boys like crank out the music. And then in 18 days they produce this album. Yeah, and I have notes on several songs that he recorded. Basically everything from this album he recorded in a wheelchair. Yeah, they they literally wheeled him into the studio to sing these songs. <laughs> wild. But uh. It, what also is wild here to me is this is a seven-song album that stretches 45 minutes long. Well, yeah. I mean, the first song, Achilles' Last Stand, is 10 minutes and 31 seconds. There's a few tracks on this album that are really, really long. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure For Your Life is like another 10-minute track. Um, Nobody's Fault in Mine stick, like, keeps yeah. going and going and going. Um, so, yeah, seven tracks last a fucking long time in this album. But, uh, yeah, if you got anything else, let's start to get right into it. No, so first first up is like I said, Achilles Last Stand. This is a cool song. Yeah. Again, I, I'm I don't always love these super long tracks. Um like you made the you made the mention last week about that song that was like nine minutes and they, they wrote on the album that it was only three and a half so they could get radio play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's something to that where like you could sit down and watch a forty five minute episode of T V, but that's kinda of what you expect. When you hear a piece of music, you don't expect it to be longer than like five minutes at the max. Yeah, I actually wanted to bring this up today. What can you recall a song that you heard on the radio like within the last however many years that's longer than like four minutes? You're talking about like newly newly yeah, produced like, since like 2000. Yes. Um, I don't think Lincoln Park has anything like that. Shinedown definitely doesn't have anything like that. Um, like no. I I can't think of any song I've heard on the radio that has been like over like five minutes. I think Greta Van Fleet might have a track or two that gets into the six, seven minute category, but they're not like radio hits, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't happen and for a reason. They they figured this out a long time ago. Well, yeah, I mean, there's some good there's some good rap songs that stretch out 
like seven, eight, nine minutes, but the radio never play. I mean, the radio is not going to play those. John stands out to me as one of those tracks by Lil Wayne featuring Rick Ross. I think it's only five, five minutes or is so. Is it that short? For yeah. some reason, I, I feel like it's longer. But anyways, um, yeah, no, they, they just don't get the radio play. And it's actually funny. Um, <laughs> one of the things they, they talk about in the Queen documentary they did recently is uh, when they were trying to get Bohemian Rhapsody on the radio, the, the A&R man's like, there's no fucking way this is going on the radio. And they, they like get into a huge fight about it because that's like another six, seven minute track. And uh, basically, the boys just said, fuck you, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. To hell with your A&R shit. Right. But, I mean, you got to be queen by that time to pull that off. You know, like, yeah, it doesn't just happen to anybody. So, yeah, there's not there's not anything like this on the radio anymore. Yeah. People's attention spans are too, too <laughs> small. But yeah, anyways, this this is the music feels like another adventure song, and it is an adventure song more or less. Um, yeah, I mean, even the name Achilles' Last Stand. Yeah, like, it's mythological feeling. Yeah, um, that's a that's a cool cool name too. You you know what makes me cringe is when people like fuck self saying Achilles and say what Achilles. I've never heard that. Oh, I hear it more often than you would think. It's it's really cringy, dude. Yeah, or I've heard I've heard people say all sorts of shit when they just don't know what's going on. I've heard like Achilles. Atchelis? That's a bad one. Oh, dude. People just cannot fucking say this for some reason. I uh, Real quick, I was talking about making a juggernaut suit to go kill the hornets out back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my wife goes, oh, uh, you're making a juggernaut suit? <laughs> I was like, what did you say? Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. One more time. Well, that reminds me. What's that word again that means like the whole collection of music that a band has? Like their whole catalog. What, discography? That one. There you go. I was listening back to the old episode today, and you struggled through that one like it was a fucking... No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, so, yeah, Achilles' Last Sand. Fast drums and guitar, like, like really just, like, good traveling music, sounding kind of music. Um, it keeps up with that for pretty much the whole song. High-tuned guitar. Uh, it's closer to, like, a modern hard rock song than it is a blues song. It's got blues elements to it, but it's really more like an, like an 80s, 90s, like, hard rock. Not so much 90s, but, like, 80s or or kind of modern hard rock song um not a ton on the mic here but still good range yeah yeah Um, this is probably probably my favorite or second favorite off the album yeah i think so too yeah the next song for your life a little bit forgettable for me yeah it's got this like upbeat bluesy feel to it mid-high tempo um the rhythm guitar here is is really cool because it allows page to like do his thing um and he puts in a bunch of like clean little licks and solos over it. Um, nice up and down work for Plant. I I didn't really dig into it, but like the lyrics felt weird here. Yeah, so he wrote this about a friend who got into drugs. So, some of the lyrics had to pull away to save me. Maybe next time around, oh. And she said, "Don't you want to? Don't you want to cook it? Cook it? Cook it? Hadn't planned to. Could not stand to try it. Fry it? Nah, nah. Yeah. Yeah, just I don't know, it was a little uncomfy at at points here and there, but um. Not one of my favorite songs of this album for sure. Nah. Same with same with the next one for me, Royal Orleans. Yeah, I think this one's better. Um it's got this like up tempo, upbeat, kind of like southern rock blues feel to it. Um, but with disco to like imagine southern rock with disco guitar. Yeah. Like, th- lyrically, this is a, a weird one too. This song's about a guy who picks up a drag queen and discovers the next morning that the person's a man. <laughs> ah, the classic hit him without the or I don't know, never mind, but they yeah. will switch up. And then and one of the fun facts, I guess Zeppelin was known to go to gay bars in New Orleans because they were more fun and they didn't get hassled for autographs. 
that actually sounds about right on key with <laughs> with Zeppelin, man. You guys were party animals. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, whatever. As a man I know went down to Louisiana, had himself a bad bad flight, and when the sun peeked through John Cameron with Susanna, he kissed the whiskers left and right. Whiskers. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, tough day. Yeah. Um next track, nobody's fault with my but mine. Uh this might actually be like the hit off this album uh by the numbers not one of my favorite tracks though i like it i like it i just i don't know it's what i like there's not a lot of zeppelin songs i don't like so it's tough right, for me to right. be like yeah this song sucks but i just i don't know um it's got it's like this up-tempo bluesy track again thick chords um Blant does a great job on the vocals like setting the mood of this track mm-hmm. like really matching up with the guitar really 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 well um Good energy, mid tune. I love the harmonica solo in the middle. He kills, oh, yeah, he kills yeah. that little solo in the middle. Um, strong drums, fun track. I just, I don't know, it just doesn't stick out to me. Yeah, so, the, I mean, obviously, this one's kind of about owning up to mistakes. Uh, some people thought this was about Jimmy Page's blossoming heroin addiction at the time. Yeah, I was going to mention that at some point. Um, I don't know per se if if that's about it. Uh. There's another theory that Robert Plant was apologizing for the song in my time of dying, which after his car crash, he said he would never sing again. Gotcha. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. I, I don't know. Anyhow. This yeah. is another long one. I think this is like six, seven minutes here. Something like that. Yeah. Um, But all right, whatever. Candy Store Rock after that. Up-tempo, old-school kind of feel to it. A uh, little bluesy, a little poppy. I didn't think this was Plant's best work here, and I really don't think this is zeppelin's best work here um just whatever yeah he pieced together the lyrics from different parts of elvis songs so maybe that's why it's not his best work yeah just i don't know it just doesn't that's an interesting point it it does feel a little bit like it just doesn't feel right like it it feels disjointed yeah also the reason the songs might not be as good is they recorded this in under an hour in uh a studio they were under pressure to finish finish the album so they just Close this one up and move yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Song after that is Hot's On for Nowhere. Another kind of like poppy feeling blues song. They got this like interesting like doo-wopping in the chorus uh, where they're all like together kind of ooing and eyeing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a fun track for me, but certainly not like a song I go back to. Yeah, so this, this was one where Plant was saying the lyrics reflected on he kind of felt trapped at the time with his frustrations with Jimmy Page and then their manager Peter Grant um hence the line i've got friends who would give me fuck all yeah and it's crazy cuz this is so this album we've talked a bit about like the uh the internal strife of the band and i think that the essence of that is why they still haven't like full time or really ever for an extended period of time, gotten back together and done something. We'll talk about it later, but like they've done shows here and shows there, but they they've talked for a long time about maybe getting back together with the boys and John Bonham's son and doing something. That'd be cool. And it just never happens. Yeah. I think this might be the first F bomb in, in their whole catalog. Yeah. You really don't hear him swear a lot. No. So he, and he, in when he swore in this song, he tried to slur it a little bit so that it would, uh, still be able to get played on the radio, but it didn't work. <laughs> Let me try this, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and then the last track on the album, T for One, uh, it's like this slow, kind of jazzy, kind of bluesy, low-tuned, low-level song. Uh, it's another longer song, so it's pretty simple up until about midway through. Um, Paige hits you with this like clean electric guitar solo uh, for a good minute, two minutes here. And then they go back into the slow, jazzy section at the end, and um, that's kind of it. Yeah, I like this song. It's, it's kind of relaxing. Yeah, this is another one kind of like uh, like the last album where we had um, not or maybe it was two albums ago, The Rain Song, a little bit like that except for the solo. Um, it's easy listening, just not one of my favorites. Yeah, so Plant wrote this one in a New York hotel drinking tea by himself. Um, some of the, I, I do like some of the lyrics in this song. It's kind of cool. How come 24 hours... How come 24 hours, baby, sometimes seem to slip into days? Oh, 24 hours, baby, sometimes sleep seem to slip into days. One minute seems like a lifetime. Oh, baby, when I feel this way. Yeah, a little lover track there. <sighs> yeah, uh, I mean, cool lyrics here for sure. And I, I think a lot of these songs, honestly, except for maybe Candy Store Rock on this album, like good lyrical work here, uh, good writing, I guess. Just there's something there's something to be desired about this album. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, so you want to move on to In Through the Outdoor? In Through the Outdoor, the last of the studio-recorded albums for Zeppelin, and this is 1980? 79. 79. Kicks off with, well, let me say, let me say this about this album first. It's almost a pop album. It's very, very different from everything they've done. Very different. Like, yeah. Like, Houses of the Holy was different, but this is wildly different to even that. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about it with some of these songs specifically, but some of the band, like Plant, liked some of the of some of that kind did. of sound, and then yeah, you know, Paige and uh, and John Paul Jones, I think we're like, eh, we don't, we're not sure about this. Well, and that makes sense too for Paige at least, because like his role is significantly reduced on this album. Yeah, or at least it feels that way. I think for me, this album, like the there's a couple of standout songs that are like I really really like. Totally and agree. Then the rest of it is it's decent, but not for me. Yeah, it's decent, but I wouldn't come back to a lot of it. I would say there's three songs in this album that I would take away, and the rest I'll give. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, the, yeah, for sure. And so this this first track in the evening is one of the songs I'll take away from this album. This yeah, is kind of cool. This is a this is a really cool song. Yeah, again, it's different. Now this is still like a good rock song from Zeppelin, but this is almost more like an '80s type of rock doesn't, song. Doesn't it kind of sound like it'd be like a David Bowie song? Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. It's not their like typical folky bluesy feel to it. Yeah, it's got like, like loud, thick chords, um, but not in like a bluesy way. Like, again, almost like it's not hair metal, but it's got like this. Um, again, we talked about what used to be considered like heavy metal. It's got this heavy metal feel to it. Um, yeah, and the guitar is really good on this too. Yeah, guitar is awesome on this track. Uh, Mid tune, like good energy, thick chords, like twisty chords. Um, there's a solo later on in this song that's like. I mentioned hair metal. It's kind of hair metal-y, like really, really tuned up, way down on the strings. Um, it's a cool song. Absolutely. But just so different from a lot of other stuff they've done. Yeah. And it's uh, it's, it's a song about temptation and like some of the lyrics describe like a dark haired woman whose charms and powers are like irresistible, yet she also brings pain and, and you know, danger to those that pursue her. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely one of the the standouts on this album. Medusa inspiration question mark. <laughs> Just a thought. Yeah. 
the next track, Southbound. So this is spelled incorrectly. It's Saurez, but I think it's supposed to be Suarez. I think they just fucked up. It was. They they spelled uh, that was a fact I had. Yeah, <laughs> they fucked spelled it, it wrong. Because <laughs> they say in the song something about Suarez and they spelled it Saurez, which is fucked. Which is Spanish for party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um up tempo, upbeat bluesy track here. It's got this like rollicking old school guitar feel, like a sixties guitar kind of feel to it. Um solid piano throughout. Uh there's a, like this sharp, clean guitar solo towards the end. Fun track. Um, not, not my favorite, but it's still fun. Yeah, this was this song along with "All My Love" is one of uh, two Zeppelin tracks where Jimmy Page had no like no hand in in writing. Yeah, well, obviously Plant does a lot of like right, right in the later albums. I think Plant does more, but Jimmy Page still helps out a lot. Well, and I think Plant does a lot more work in the writing later on, but I think Page also does a lot more work on the producing side of things later on. Right. So like right. this album is like mostly produced by Page. Yeah, and at the time of this album, Page and Bonham were spending a lot of time together. Uh, kind of. Well, I think I I'm uh, at some point I was gonna bring up like they were even like they would go to the studio and record their parts like separately of. Of, uh, oh, just because they were so like distant. Yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, for for some of it. Uh, yeah. So, it that's that's like in the feel of a classic Zeppelin song. The rest of this album does not very much feel Zeppelin to me at all. Yeah. So you know what was funny when "Fool in the Rain," which is the next song when I that came on, I was like, "Wow, I didn't realize this was a uh, Led Zeppelin." Yeah, it doesn't sound like Zeppelin at all. It, but like, it, pick your pick your share of like 80s pop fans and it, it sounds like it'd be like a billy joel song yeah this could totally be a billy joel song especially like what a strange add in that section in the middle where he hits the whistle <laughs> yeah he yeah. hits like a like a coach's whistle and then they just get into this like samba sounding music you know and that's like i think that's all i think that's all bonham right there like doing his weird drumming shit um maybe along with with Paul Jones on the bass but um really really different sounding song kind of jazzy like kind of, like a lot of prominent piano in this song uh really really upbeat like this is a really fun track just happy good vibes yeah it's kind of fun the song's about a guy that is going to meet up with the girl who never shows up but then it turns out he was on the wrong block so so he he's the fool in the rain yeah right right <laughs> uh really good range from from page or not page from plant, from plant on song. yeah um and I just like what I mentioned earlier about Paige's role getting reduced. There is some guitar in this song. It just is kind of sporadic and um, not like at all in the foreground. Yeah. Like, I mean, th- this song in terms of for being how like more kind of poppy, like if they ma- like, I really like that. It's like if they made like more songs like that, I mean, I'd be open to listening to some of it. Yeah. 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 But I could see where like people I- I've mentioned before, when you change your sound so like wildly especially this late in your catalog and your discography right i could see where people wouldn't be thrilled with this entire album yeah for sure for sure i get it the next song probably one of my least favorites hot dog not for me yeah this is weird this 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 feels like it was just like ah we're out of shit to do boys yeah and this song's about taking a girl's virginity and then she wants nothing to do with you definitely one of my least favorites up in songs (laughs) yeah strange it's got this like fun southern rock piano kind of feel to it though um like it's almost like a dance kind of tune um or like maybe like an old school country kind of sound to it um i couldn't quite put my finger on this um uh, but page does throw in a cool like old school solo on this that's nice um but still it's just it's just a weird track um, yeah it doesn't doesn't fit yeah 
the next song how how do you pronounce this carousel ombra okay so this is like um it's a play on like a candelabra which is like um one of those candles with multiple like um spots for candlesticks oh okay you know what i'm saying it's got yeah. like, a few different arms so that's a candelabra carousel ombra is just like a mix of two words oh okay i didn't know that yeah. um this is like more a pop song than anything else too it's got this really, really highly synthed up keyboard um, throughout this song, up tempo, upbeat, um, at least for the first half of the song. Second half of the song, it kind of like breaks into this uh, like a odd kind of rock ballad a little bit. Um, it, it's a really eclectic sound to me. This sounds like something Plant might have pulled out of his brain from somewhere. I don't know. Not for me. Yeah, so some of the lyrics in this song, too, are kind of about, like, the state of the band at the time. Okay. So, like I said, Jimmy Page and, and John Bonham were spending a lot of time together, uh, and they'd even show up to the studio, like I said, late at night and, and record some of their parts for for the songs. And also around the time of this album, when they were recording, um, Plant's five-year-old son died. Yeah, I saw and, that. Yeah, which sucks. That, which sucks. And that, they were in the middle of their tour. So when, when his five-year-old son died, they were in I they were in uh, Texas, maybe? No, I got it here. Or maybe um, Florida? Oh, maybe I don't have it. But yeah, so so Plant uh, went back for his son's funeral. And then Bonham went back, too. But John Paul Jones, Jimmy Page, and then Peter Grant, they all stayed behind in the States. So And he, like... He he did not like that, and I obviously I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. Obviously, they were comfortable being in the states. They spent a lot of time in the states, um, not even touring, just being there. Um, right, but, but like, that is pretty shitty to not show yeah. up for your, for your lead singer's five year old son's funeral. Yeah, like what the fuck? Like that? Yeah. So I think after that too, that's probably part of the reason. Like they never, you know, like well, plant plants like I'm gonna do my own thing. Like you know, I, right? I, I that's don't part need of this. it. Yeah, but it's funny too because after after they do this album and Zeppelin breaks up. Page and Plant get into another like project pretty much right away, which is interesting. But yeah, um, we'll talk a little bit about that more in a second. So let's let's close up this album first. Okay. All uh, my love is the sixth track on this album, and I, this is maybe the third song off this album that I'll take away. Yep, I'm 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 with you on the those three. Th- this song is amazing. This this is a love song for his son that you know passed away, and it's so sweet. It's got this like uh, tuned down synthy keyboard to it um high tuned smooth guitar throughout it's got this like mid tempo kind of just like lovey-dovey like vibe to it um kind of poppy again it's just this cool ballad um and plant pouring out his heart into the mic here yeah yeah this this is a standout track let me read some of the or analysis some of the lyrics so like in the first couple lines he's kind of like grieving about his son's death and you know he wants to forget but at the same time like he doesn't want to forget. Right, right. Uh, and he, he, he makes a reference to, you know, a feather in, in the wind, which, like, that could be, you know, um, it's like, you know, it could be, like, a metaphor for his son, like, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right off the top. Should I fall out of love, my fire in the night, to chase a feather in the wind? Within the glowing that weaves a cloak of delight, there's more, there moves a thread that has no end. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I was trying to say. The feather in the wind, like it's, it's like you can see it, like it's present, but you can't like reach it. And it's all, it's always blowing away from you. Yeah. You can never quite yeah. catch it. Just like those ping pong balls when you're playing beer, beer die <laughs> or uh, beer pong. 
Uh, but yeah, really, really sweet track. Uh, definitely check this one out if you're going through it. Yeah. Um, then we close it out with I'm Gonna Crawl. It it was funny. I was reading the review for this album on Apple, and they they say about this last song, and the album's closer, I'm Gonna Crawl, proves that Led Zepp has hardly forgotten the meat and potatoes thud that first won them an audience. If a great band need leave the stage, let it always be with such happily venturesome sounds. Is that from Apple? Or is it somebody write that? Somebody on Apple wrote this. Oh, okay, okay. What a miss. <laughs> what a whole, like a load of shit. This is not like a classic Zeppelin sound at all. Like this isn't okay. So let me. I'll just get into this. It's another soft ballad from Zeppelin. Um, lower range, but like kind of high energy vocals, which doesn't like really mesh well. Guitar and drums are like soft for the most part, but then there's moments where like Plant kind of just hits it with energy, and the drums and the guitar pick up at exact for that exact moment, and like match it, and then they go right back into this like soft ballad. Again, talk, you talk about Disjointed. This is one of their most disjointed songs in their whole catalog. This might be the only song I actually dislike. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this one either. <laughs> and that's how they close in through the album. Not my favorite album by a long shot, but no, still, outs- still some hits here. Outside of in, in the Evening, All My Love, and Fool in the Rain, it's pretty forgettable. Very forgettable. And that closes out their, their studio discography. Um, they have one more album after this coda but that came out after the passing of john bond yeah let let me read you what went on the day that john bonham died uh, let me pull this up here i've got it somewhere. ah yes here it is so they're they're go, about to go on tour in america again since first time since 1977 when plant's son died and they they left mid-show yeah mid-tour they're ready to go back to america 1980 uh they're in September. They're at the studio, or they're getting ready to go to the studio. And Bonham is sitting at breakfast with, um, he's sitting at breakfast with like one of the band managers. He downs four quadruple vodkas at oh, breakfast. That's disgusting. At breakfast, um, and they got like a ham roll, and I'm not sure what a ham roll is, but it's just probably just some kind of sandwich, right? Right. The story you said quadruple four quadruple. Who orders quadruple vodkas? I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't either. I thought it was just doubles. Fucking insane. That's wild. So four quadruple vodkas. He's got so sixteen shots of vodka six, for breakfast. Sixteen shots for breakfast. They say here it's between four hundred seventy to ten hundred or four between four seventy and seven ten milliliters. Wow. A, a bottle is seven hundred fifty milliliters. Yeah. So anyways, so he's got this ham roll. He takes a bite of it. And he looks at his, his band manager and he says, breakfast, puts it down and walks out. <laughs> so anyways, so they go to the studio to do some recording. Um, continues drinking heavily at the studio. Um, later in the night, they finish up and they, they, they go back to Jimmy Page's house in Windsor. Uh, Windsor, England. And uh, so at about midnight, Bonham fell asleep somewhere in the house. And the, the guys kind of like picked him up. Brought him to bed, leaned him over on his side. Da 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 da. About a little bit before two o'clock the next afternoon, um, Benji Lefevre, which is Zeppelin's tour manager at the time, and John Paul Jones walk into the bedroom and find Bonham dead, choking on his own vomit from being drunk. Ugh. <sighs> what a terrible way to go. What a terrible fucking way to go. And that's not like 
oh, I overdosed on heroin. That's not, oh, I, I'm hanging from the fucking door frame. That's, I drank too much. It was a total accident. Yeah. I'm, what the fuck? It's obviously horrible for the band. The band's distraught beyond belief. Um, and shortly after this this news, um, the band decided, in December uh, 1980, the band releases a statement that just says, we wish it to be known that the loss of our dear friend and the deep sense of undivided harmony felt by ourselves and our manager have led us to decide that we could not continue as we were. Led Zeppelin. That's it. That's all they ever put out about it. Damn. Um, from this point on, as a band, uh, like I said, they've done a, a handful of shows. So like They did Live Aid. Um, they got together with, I forget who the drummer was, but they did Live Aid. Mm-hmm. If I can find the notes here, I'm pretty sure... Ah, yes. The, the performance at Live Aid was so bad that Paige described the performance as pretty shambolic and plant described it as an atrocity why was it so bad says here that um performance was hard marred by lack of rehearsal um, out of tune guitar poorly functioning monitors plant like having trouble with his vocal cords gotcha a few different things didn't turn out well through the years they've done a few other like odds and ends shows they just never really go well yeah um there was talk in like 07 of getting the band back together with Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son. Um, and then Plant kind of just said, you know what, fuck them. Um, and never like returned their calls. Mm. Um, and that's just kind of that. They just never were able to like fit it together. And now, I mean, it's 2023. They're just never getting back together. It's been, a, it's uh, been that way for a long time. It's kind of sad that, you know, you just become so successful with these guys and you know you're torn for you know a decade plus and and then just to not even talk anymore like that, that's kind of sad well and so like i said so plant and page have done various projects together plants done plenty of side work yeah, on his yeah. own as a like a single artist um you know page has been in a bunch of different stuff here and there they just you know you would think the money alone would be enough to put you back together for a little while let alone the fact that you guys are that one of the defining rock bands of the of the 60s and 70s like well they're already so wealthy they don't need more money i know man but like like one reunion tour would like, oh i know say, yeah, say yeah, they yeah. say they did one reunion tour in like 08 09 something like that it just a boatload of cash yeah that's true they could probably yeah that's true that's you know like easy... they they've, they've set records and records and records throughout the years of bringing in the most people to any stadium ever they'd be boosting the economy times. just like taylor swift at one time they had the the all-time record of uh, a single like crowd and live performance set at the silver dome oh really yeah yeah i think it was back in the 70s they set the record for largest live attendance of a concert at the silver dome was like sixty-five thousand people or something Wow. Think about how fucking crazy that is. In, 19, in the 70s, 65,000 people was the like largest recorded like concert of people. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it sucks they can never make it happen. Um, but appreciate, appreciate them for what they got. And in that kind of vibe, in 1982, they got together and cobbled together eight tracks for an album called Coda, which is basically... Uh, songs that were unused from pre- previous recordings. Right. Um, later on, they put out a deluxe version, which has a lot of mixes of these songs um, and a couple original tracks kind of sp- like splattering in through it. So like, Hey, Hey, What Can I Do is an original track. Um, there's a couple other ones. I think one of them is like a cover of a Robert Johnson song. Okay. Um, but yeah, so eight tracks on Coda. Um, 
If you got anything else, let's get into it. Uh, yeah, I did have uh, I'm gonna pull up my notes. I I did have a a thought experiment. So Led Zeppelin's first album came out in 1969, right? So. And there's a lot of really good songs off that album. Like, can you imagine in like 40 years or so when we're, if, if we're listening to that song and it's like a hundred years old, like, just picture this, you're, you're taking the boring tunnel from, you know, Michigan to, to LA in 25 minutes and the uh, implant in your brain you turn on the Spotify and the Spotify implant in your brain and, and you say, all right, skip this song. And then a Zeppelin song comes on from a hundred years ago. Like that's kind of crazy. That is kind of wild. Now that you mentioned, I mean, aside from classical music, like there's no, there's no music that anybody listens to past really like the fifties that you would like pick out, you know, right? Like the fifties would be the first, like, at least to me, aside from Yeah. Aside from classical music that really stands out to me as like, listenable that's what i'm saying like at some point in our life they'll be like oh wow like <laughs> this song is 100 years old and well it's still good i've considered that to myself too is like the catalog of music that will that will have a like accumulated by the time it's it's 2100 true is true. fucking insanely massive not sa- like now take whatever your opinions are about the state of music nowadays and put that to the side how do you even like there's just so much to choose from. How do you even distill that down into like, all right, I need to check this out. I need to check this out. Like, how do you get a comprehensive understanding of the state of music at that point? You know, like. Yeah. That, no, that's a good point. And yeah. It's going to be like encyclopedia. It already is. But like just the, the sheer volume of music that we'll have accumulated at that time is absurd. Yeah. Like if our grandkids are like, oh, like, you know, I want to want to check out some uh, some new musicians or whatever. And they're going back like 40, 50 60 years yeah and th- that's crazy too because it, a lot of those bands like you you know you won't even get to see live right exactly and i think i think that's what our parents have, have kind of gone through with their bands already right like right right they've are they grew up with bands like grew up in this the 80s the 90s and it's like fuck they're old people now so am i <laughs> but uh no it it is a really cool like there, there's a lot of different ways you could take that conversation and go, but it, it's just, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, Coda, eight tracks. Um, kicks off with We're Gonna Groove. It's kind of disco-y. Like, I got disco vibes here. It's not, like, hard, hard disco, but it feels disco-y. Um, powerful guitar chords, like, mid-high, or mid-tuned, high-tempo, um, good energy on the vocals, good energy from the band fun track to kick it off not one of my favorites but good yeah so this one was intended for zeppelin 2 it's actually a uh a cover of a, a ben king and james bethea song ah okay gotcha gotcha that makes a little bit of sense yeah cool um after that poor tom not one of my favorite tracks on this album nah um mid high tempo kind of acoustic track the energy like even though the tempo's up the energy's not great here um bit of our harmonica kind of kicked in later on the vocals were lackluster not one of my favorite tracks yeah this was uh recorded around the time of zeppelin 3 telling the story of a man who cheats on his wife and gets caught not a not not a the best song poor poor cheater yeah i can't quit you baby track three um it's got this like old school heavy metal vibe to it um 
little bit slower nice vocals um really really good drumming here and a sick solo at the end like quick kind of hair metal solo good good song yeah this was uh recorded for zeppelin 2 it's another cover of a willie dixon song yeah that's cool yeah uh after that walter's walk kind of up tempo y echoey vocals um it's just a good solid heart rock song mid high tune uh guitar is electric on this song good track yeah it's about a uh a man who's searching for his lover and he's wandering around but he he can't find her yeah after that ozone baby upbeat up tempo kind of 80s rocky um it's all right it's a little fun i don't know yeah this this was uh from in through the outdoor sessions that kind of makes sense yeah darlene um yeah (laughs) this is the song i wrote that it sounds like they're doing a rolling Stones song Um, (laughs) it gives me that vibe where it's just like 50s 60s like rock inspiration um it's a fun song like kind of mixed piano and guitar solid rock um vocals are just there i guess kind of i don't know Sorry. yeah i didn't i didn't really n- there's nothing on this album that was like really really special for me yeah well i think the next song is kind of special um, okay yeah that i mean yeah we can get into that one so bonzo's mantra um this was a song they chose to add to this album as kind of an homage to Bonham. Um, this whole song is just a drum solo. Uh, it's like a two, three minute track. Um, little bass mixed in. Little, like, he does steel drums, like, towards the end of this song. Oh, really? He adds a little steel drums, like a Jamaica Mon. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's really good feel, like. Normally, my problem with drum solos usually is it like it doesn't feel like it's got like a full vibe to it. You're just hearing the drums playing. It's like, all right, where's the rest of it? But the little adds of the bass and the little add of the steel drums like helps the song kind of uh, fill up a little bit. I, as the drum solos go, I think this one's pretty good too. Yeah, I mean it's cool. This was recorded in uh, 1976 in Switzerland, actually. Oh no shit, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So, of all the tracks on the original Eight for Coda, I would definitely check this one out. Yeah, and then the last song is Wearing and Tearing. Yeah, and this is just another like kind of solid rock song. High tempo, mid-tune, um, plants up in his high range on the mic. Good track. I don't know. Yeah, this was uh, another one that was recorded for In Through the Outdoor, but, but left out. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And then one track that was on the deluxe that I do want to hit on quickly, and if you listen to it, great. If not, great. Hey, hey, what can I do? Um, this ended up being like a hit kind of off this deluxe version. It's just like light, folky ballad, uh, ballad, but Plant does a fantastic job on the vocals here. He's just up and down his range, up and down his energies, killing it. Sounds so good. Um, just a fun track here. Yeah, I'll touch. I didn't get a chance to yeah, check that one yeah. out. Yeah, so this is one of the like extra bonus like original tracks. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Before we get into the top ten, I also had another quick story that I noted down that was kind of funny. But they were playing when they were touring in the U.S. They were playing three nights at madison square garden and after the first two nights they paid them out for like so they they got 200 grand in cash i think i saw this okay yeah and it was uh ended up being stolen from their hotel (laughs) and it was like only it was like i can't remember it was was a couple hundred grand or something yeah 200 grand yeah yeah but it was like uh only one person had like the key for it or whatever and it was like they, but there were like two or three different suspects. Like it could have been the the bell boy at the the hotel, or more than likely like their manager that had the key. A real who done it? Yeah. But what was funny about it was uh, 
is even all the guys are like, yeah, we didn't we didn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> what's two hundred grand? <laughs> we had so much money, like it didn't matter. Fucking loser. Yeah. Two hundred grand. You really got us, <laughs> dude. Two hundred grand back in the day. I mean, yeah, it was a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Like, to these guys, it was just like, oh fuck them. Yeah, that's crazy though. That is insane. Um, but yeah, so that wraps it up for Zeppelin. Um, I really don't have anything else. So if you want to get into rankings and uh, concert set list, then let's go. Yep. Do you want do you want to do album or songs first? Let's do albums first. I think we'll have some a uh, little bit of conversation at least about this. Uh, you want to go ahead? Sure. I'm gonna go uh, from worst to first here. So I had Presence at the bottom. Okay. And then in through the outdoor, House of Houses of the Holy, Zeppelin one. Zeppelin 3, Zeppelin 2, Physical Graffiti, and then Zeppelin 4. All right, so the bottom and the top I'm good with. You put <laughs> Zeppelin 3 ahead of Zeppelin 1. I, I really like the that kind of sound on Zeppelin 3, like Tangerine. Like There's a couple songs on Zeppelin 3 where it's like this more like kind of laid back, like folky, like country kind of style. I don't know, For some reason, I really like that. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just, wow. Okay. I mean... I like all the Zeppelins. Yeah, though. yeah, you know, that's it's not of, like that's where I'm at with it too, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Where did you have houses at the Holy? Where did that fall into your ranking? Was that your sixth? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense for you. Okay. Um, for me, nine into the outdoor, then Coda, then Presence, Zeppelin three, then Zeppelin one, Houses of the Holy above Zeppelin one, Zeppelin two, then Zeppelin four, and then Physical Graffiti at the top. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, physical graffiti, like, it's so fucking good. I like it as much as Zeppelin Four. That's like, what I was gonna say. I, I wasn't gonna argue with it because I'm just like, you know what? I think it just it falls there for me just because it's it, it has so much more material, you know. But I think it has equally as much like replay value. You're right. They, they there's 15 tracks on that album, and there's probably like 13 that are really good. Really good. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I think that's how I ended up with physical graffiti at the top, but not going to knock either of those albums those are no. those are both classic classic absolute muscleless and rock albums yeah 100 percent. all right uh you want to do songs now yeah let's see well i dude i had a hard time making this list yeah me too me too and all I'm- right so starting at number 10 your time is gonna come 10 years gone immigrant song whole lot of love that's the way Fool in the Rain, All My Love, Tangerine, Ramble On, and Stairway to Heaven. Interesting. A few deep cuts in there. Uh, a few. I got, it's, a, it's a good mix of, of uh, all their different kind of sounds, I think. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I hadn't considered that. Because uh, Tangerine, you get like the more like country vibes. All My Love and Fool in the Rain, you get a little bit more of like the kind of poppy, which is obviously only from that one album, really. Yeah. But. Now... Uh, I've mentioned already, and much like Bonham, I'm much more of a fan of their like blues right, and rock right. stuff. Um, and that'll show here. So 10 to 1, Ramble On, then Houses of the Holy, Misty Mountain Top, Living Love and Made, Immigrant Song, 5, We Got Whole Lot of Love, then Cashmere, Black Dog, Stairway to Heaven, and from plus 6,000, uh, way from the clouds, <laughs> Trampled Underfoot. That's your favorite? I love that wow. song. Wow. Love, love, love that song. I catch wow. myself, myself singing it in the car all the time. Dude. That's crazy. I can't believe that. I mean, it's a good song, but 
it's just it's that keyboard man that keyboard gets me fucking going yeah but you know what i will say from reading um up on the lyrics for all these all these songs and like the comment section like every single song no joke one of the top comments was this is my favorite zeppelin song yeah it was like it was like no joke it was like every single song someone was like oh this is my i can't believe this this song is so underrated this is my favorite zeppelin song for every song in the catalog i totally get it man uh i mean we've talked about the songs we don't like there's so many songs that we do like and i just it doesn't shock me that there's people from all different places like yes i love dazed and confused That's right my right right there was <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah just, there's so many hits so yeah i get it it's hard to argue anybody's list on these songs i don't remember did stairway to heaven hit at the pool yesterday were people vibing with it or uh uh yeah it didn't really wasn't the right crowd i don't think nah that was a tough one that's all right that's all right we gave it a go we tried yeah yeah, yeah we tried <laughs> all right um concert set list and then wrap it up yep uh so for concert or the opener i have rock and roll i mean what better way to start a rock concert than with rock and I roll considered it considered it and then uh i was i was struggling with the encore because i was like trying to come up with like a good a good vibe of of three different songs so i, I just try to mix it up from like a sound perspective so i had over the hills and far away to open mm. just kind of an odd or not odd but strange choice yeah i get it yeah yeah and then fool in the rain um and then ramble on to close it out hmm kind of different that's different that's different that sounds like something plant might try <laughs> <laughs> that's different yeah yeah you would definitely <laughs> i like it though i like it um my opener and i think there's you could have page open up on guitar from behind the stage you could have john paul jones on the keyboard open up from behind the stage and just kind of playing around just jamming a little bit before you get into this song and again it's trampled underfoot okay it kicks off the kicks off the concert i think it's just a, such a high vibes high energy way to get the people going i think it's an awesome opener Encore, we're kicking it off with Black Dog just because, like, Plant's got that section right at the top. Hey, mom said that. I think, like, you can, again, do that from under the stage, behind the stage, and really get the people, like, like riled up into a frenzy as soon as they hit that. that that's a good one for sure. Stairway to Heaven is the second song in the Encore. Uh, we talk about slow songs in the middle all the time, and I think Stairway to Heaven is a perfect spot. The only... Uh, argument there is that this also might be a song they close out the the regular set with right so i can see that argument but i do like it here in the encore um and then this third song i <laughs> you already talked about it but rock and roll to close out the show is sick yeah they, it does have that section at the end where page is going nuts on guitar they can open it up a little bit and let plant do whatever he's got to do fin- do the crowd work finish up say your goodbyes and then let plant hit that one last time and Paige can just, like, fucking lose his shit after, after Robert Plant's done. And you close out the show with that. It, I think it's a perfect closer to the encore. Yeah. No, I like that. I mean, rock and roll, yeah. To open or, or close, I think would be it good. Hits. It hits. Yeah. What a classic. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so next week, next two weeks, we got Mac Miller going up. Yes, sir. And then after that, Great Van Fleet. Then after that, I don't know if we have anything yet, but that puts us three weeks out anyways. So Yeah. Well, I'll think about it. No worries. We got time. Yeah. So Mac Miller, we're gonna basically divide up his catalog into yeah. He's got the, he's the got first five or six albums of mixtapes, and then the last back half. Right. Right. So he's got a lot of stuff there. So um, those will be definitely longer episodes. I think those are like you said, one's five and the other six. So yeah, hang in there. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm really excited for Mac Miller. We talk about uh, artists who change their sound. He went from pretty like cheesy kind of 
Like, yeah, just like uh, I don't know what the slang term. I always would hear be, frat rap used like in the I, same sentences. I I I I think that makes sense. You know, um, and then he evolves into like this kind of like jazzy hip hop R and B artist. Uh, towards yeah. the end of his catalog, which is equally, it's really it's really cool, equally fun, equally cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so looking forward to getting into that. Oh, also Greta Van Fleet, their new album just dropped. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it, but I'm I'm happy. I'm good with it. I haven't listened to it yet. It's good. It's good. That's all I'll say. I, I'll go into a fucking spiral if I keep going. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, sounds good. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at Flip the Record. Uh, like, review, subscribe on the podcast platforms. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you on the next one.